Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Joshua Cahan, and today we're talking about Masachat Shabbat, page 112, Daf Bet. Today I want to think about the Gemara's discussion of the laws of Shabbat as a puzzle. We'll start by looking individually at the pieces of the puzzle, then we'll see how the rabbis fit those pieces together with regard to the specific law that begins chapter 15 of our tractate, the prohibition on tying knots. We'll look at each piece separately, then pull them together. Piece number one. The Gemara has a three-tiered system for assessing the permissibility of various actions on Shabbat. An action can be chayav, liable for the full biblical punishment, a violation of one of the categories of forbidden labor, mutar, permitted, or a middle category, patur aval asur, exempt from biblical punishments because it's only rabbinically forbidden. The problem is that the Mishnah is largely organized on a binary system. It prefers to give rulings in clear yes or no fashion, with certain word pairs always going together. An action can be valid or invalid, correct or incorrect, permitted or forbidden. So if the Mishnah wants to tell me that something is mutar, permitted, the opposing case will be forbidden, even though that could mean either biblically or rabbinically forbidden. If its main concern is to tell me that doing X makes me chayav, biblically liable, the converse will always be described as patur, exempt, which could either be exempt but still forbidden, or entirely permitted. This creates piles of ambiguities for the Gemara to clarify and classify, often by scouring the Mishnah for clues. Piece 2. Each forbidden labor on Shabbat is described as an action, building, planting, writing, carrying. But in fact, these categories are defined not only by what you do, but by what you achieve, the outcome, and also by what you intend, the purpose. I'm biblically liable only for building a building, not a Lego tower. I cannot carry between domains, but can do so inside my house. This means that while I might say that building is forbidden, There are many types of actions which can be described as building, which are, in fact, perfectly acceptable. This creates a serious problem. The Mishnah only gives me an action, but to actually apply the law, I need to know which forms of that action are intended and which are not. To do that, I need a guiding principle. What essential aspect of this action is problematic? Why it is banned? So that I can make decisions about what is in and what is out. Piece 3. In some cases, I have some specific example of what is or is not included. This may help me arrive at a guiding principle, but it may just shift the problem. Now, instead of thinking abstractly about the category, I need to come up with a principle that accounts for the examples I have. This may be easier, the examples may make it obvious where the dividing line is, or it may be harder if there is no clear line. These latter cases will require somewhat more creativity on my part in coming up with a rule. 
Now, our case. Our chapter discusses the malacha of kosher, tying knots. As usual, there are some types of knots that are forbidden and other, others that are allowed. The Mishnah on 111b gives us two examples that are supposed to be paradigmatic of what is forbidden. The knots of camel drivers and those of sailors. Which knots are those, you ask? And how do I know which other knots are similar to them? Well, wouldn't you like to know? The second Mishnah gives examples of knots that are fully permitted. These include shoelaces, the tie on a shirt, and the tie that closes a bag. This gets us a bit closer. These are all common knots that we tie and untie all the time. So we have a model of forbidden knots, the specialized knots of camel drivers and sailors, and the model of permitted knots. But we're still not certain what makes one okay and the other not. So we still have no way to confidently categorize the many other knots that we might encounter. Now, finally, Rabbi Yehuda gives us a broader definition. You are chayav liable for knots that are shel kayama, meant to last. This seems helpful, except that I'm not quite sure how it fits with the sailors or the sneakers. Add to this second problem. The Mishnah lists some knots for which one would be chayav, biblically liable, and others which are mutar. One may freely tie them on Shabbat. But the Gemara has a tradition that there are also some knots that are in the middle category, patur of al-asur. If these have a different ruling, they must differ from the knots in the other two categories in some legally significant manner. So now, I need a guiding principle that tells me how to apply the category of kosher, tying, which puts the knots of camel drivers and sailors on one end, common everyday knots on the other, and allows for a middle category that's distinct from the other two. Now, just when you thought this was simple, another problem comes up. I have specific examples, but I don't actually know what they mean. Sailors, for example, may tie permanent ties, like those needed to attach the sail to the mast, and which are meant to stay tied and temporary ones, like those that tie a boat up to the dock, which will be released when the boat goes back out to sea. Am I going to trust the basic idea that any knot of a sailor is out, or fit in Rabbi Yehuda's idea that they must also be permanent? Which, which of these knots does the Mishnah have in mind, or both? Now, on the other end, shoes have ties that are undone each time I remove the shoe, and others that allow me to size the shoe for my foot, but may remain tied once I get them right. Does the permission in the Mishnah apply to both of these, or only to one? The Gemara proposes two possible frameworks to define this category, given the constraints we've laid out. They focus on two basic axes of difference. The status of any type of knot may be determined by its complexity. Difficult knots that only specialists know how to do on one extreme. Bunny ears on the other. This would be best explain the basic categories, going from professionals, sailors, and camel drivers, to knots done by everyone. Thus all sailors' knots might be included, and we would have a middle category of knots that, that a range of professionals uh, use, not only very specific groups. 
Or, it may depend on permanence. And not that I intend to remain permanent, permanent would be one end, and not meant to be tied and untied all the time the other. This would bring in Rabbi Yehuda's paradigm of meant to last. If so, the knots that are part of the shoe would be one extreme, the knot with which I tie my shoe every morning the other. The middle category would then be knots that are tied and untied infrequently, what Rashi defines as once a week or once a month. Or, perhaps, it's both. I'm chayav liable for knots that are both specialized and permanent, and allowed to tie those that are common and temporary, while those that are one or the other can then make up my middle category of patur of al-asur, exempt but still forbidden. All of this comes to teach us that while the Gemara answers many important questions about the Mishnah, every answer they give opens up two new questions that will demand the attention of the next generations of sages. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.